Welcome to the Institute for Person-Centered Podcast. My name is Ann Garten, and I will be hosting. And today we have folks from tobacco-free Quad Cities visiting us. And I'd like to welcome Faith and Krishna, but I'm going to have you both introduce yourselves. Faith, why don't we start with you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us today. Uh, My name is Faith Henderson. I'm the Tobacco Program Coordinator over at the Rock Island County Health Department. Um, I have a bachelor's in public health, and I'm also one of the chairs for Tobacco-Free QC. And we're just really excited to be here today. Glad to have you. Krishna. Yeah, my name is Krishna Marmay. Um, I'm the community tobacco consultant for Scott County Health. Um, I have my bachelor's in pu- public health and political science, and I have my master's in health policy from University of Iowa. Um, and both Faith and myself are the co-chairs for Tobacco Free QC. Excellent. Thanks. We're so glad to have you because I think a lot of folks in our community, depending on the age group and what have you, think tobacco free. Why are we still working on that? We're not. We're not seeing the smoking and the issues that we may have that my generation may have seen. Right. I grew up in a donut shop. I can guarantee you, I always came home smelling more like smoke than I did donuts back (laughs) in the day. Right. But so I wonder if you guys can share a little bit of the stats regarding tobacco use and what we're seeing in our communities. Faith, how about we start with you? Yeah, well, definitely um, just off of what you said, you know, that is a conversation that we frequently have as well of, okay, tobacco, well, that's not prevalent anymore. And it's like these stats from, you know, I have the Illinois Department of Public Health. They pulled that information from the Truth Initiative, from the CDC, from the Illinois Youth Survey. Um, those are all things people can find online and get some of these numbers as well. But um, especially about among young people. Um, so the IDPH found that, you know, high school seniors, when it came to smoking, um, it was 21% of high school seniors had had some kind of experience with cigarette smoking back in 2008. Well, from 2008 till now in 2018, it's 5%. It's like, oh, that's amazing. That's great. Um, But then when you look um, at the use of e-cigarettes, they found that between 2016 and 2018, e-cigarette use in Illinois increased from 18%, 18.4 specifically, to 26.7% among high school seniors. And when you compare those um, numbers, that's a 45% increase, which is pretty incredible. And this was pre-pandemic. And so who knows now, you know, we're waiting on the data to come back from that. And then when you compare that with like eighth graders, it was a 15% increase that they saw. And then among 10th graders, it was 65% increase. Um, And when it came to asking um, 10th and 12th graders, you know, are you aware of the risks? What is your perspective and understanding when it came to vaping? They found that only 40% of 10th and 12th graders believe that there is actually low or no risk when it came to the negative health effects with vaping, which obviously is pretty scary um, when we think about like the long-term health effects of some of these behaviors. So, and Krishna would have um, the information for Iowa. Yeah, so um, when we look at Iowa, um, Scott County is pretty much following um, the state's trends with um, tobacco and e-cigarette use. So kind of echoing what Faith said, um, we do see a decrease in um, tobacco use, traditional cigarette use um, in our state and in our county. Um, But that's comparative to the use of e-cigarettes, which has steadily increased, um, especially from 2014 to 2018 um, in our state. Um, And then most recently in the 2021 um, Iowa Youth Survey, we saw 26% of 11th graders um, reporting use of e-cigarettes or similar products um, for our county. So it's still pretty prevalent. Um, It's just the products have kind of shifted um, into uh, more of the e-cigarette realm. And it seems really the age groups are still as 
prevalent similarly from mm -hmm. you know my generation versus versus today right so we know if we if we educate early and if we give folks tools you pulled in the pandemic we know mm -hmm. people are stressed more right and and have some more mental health concerns things of that nature currently so if we give them those tools now of how to manage that mm -hmm. hopefully we can deter this mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree yeah absolutely absolutely and again like what we share a lot of times is just making sure that you know it has been a hard time for a lot of people and you know this is a way that a lot of people are finding to cope especially young people and we're wanting them to be educated and to know that if you um, did make this choice there are ways to quit there are healthier ways of coping and so yeah absolutely so and and tobacco free quad city is focusing on our young people mm -hmm. right yeah. because again upstream let's fix yeah. it upstream and but we still have some targeting to our older population am mm -hmm. i correct in that yeah 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 absolutely so um you know with the many health fairs that Faith and I have been to in the past couple of months, um, we obviously have focused more on youth health. But um, what we're also seeing with um, youth with older adults um, and sort of young adult age groups, um, most of them are have either quit or, you know, no longer want to talk about tobacco use. Um, and so when we bring up e-cigarettes, they're like, oh, never mind, we, we've quit. We don't really want to go into that. But then, you know, we sort of um, continue the conversation by saying, well, do your grandchildren use e-cigarettes? Do your children use e-cigarettes? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I they were vaping um, at Christmas recently. Um, and so we get into the conversation of, well, that's that's still a harmful product. And we go more into um, sort of the health effects of that and to show them the parallels between traditional tobacco and, and e-cigarette use. Yeah. So a little bit of partnering as well in our community, mm. right? Mm. And, and Krishna, I wonder if you could if you could share a little bit of how that works with tobacco-free quad cities and those partnerships and, and how folks can use this coalition to, to pull together and, and work towards a tobacco-free quad city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the first thing that we want to talk about is um, within the work that Faith and myself do, um, we work with educators, school administration, resource officers, and any other community member that wants to talk to us um, because we're seeing um, this issue across many populations. Um, so within my work, um, I uh, mostly focus on schools. Um, so traditionally, um, I've gone to high schools um, and sort of talked to young adult population. Um, but the state has recently... Um, expanded our curriculum to include third grade um, up to 12th grade. So I'm now able to go to elementary schools um, and sort of, again, start that upstream um, prevention work um, at that age. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and uh, I think we're seeing a lot of good feedback from schools because it's actually starting that conversation of, oh, wait, um, I didn't know that e-cigarettes were, were harmful. I didn't know that you had to be 21 and older to have a tobacco product. Um, and so, you know, I think especially um, at that level, we're seeing students sort of have a aha moment of, you know, maybe this is harmful and maybe I should talk about that more mm -hmm. um, with my family or with um, whoever in my family is using these products. So mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And yeah. Faith, you work a little bit in a, in a different realm, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, share with us. Yeah. So I work a lot with, you know, businesses and also with city officials. We kind of go hand in hand in what we get to do. And, um, 
So with that, I, with the Tobacco Free QC, we also provide champion awards to businesses that adopt a comprehensive tobacco and nicotine-free policy that extends to all their employees at all times, including their uh, company vehicles, and it includes all of the tobacco products. And so we provide a template as well so that they can kind of see what a tobacco-free policy would look like. And we provide that to them. If that's something that they do adopt, then we do give them a champion award. Um, it's something that we've been able to actually give out quite a few in the last several months as the conversations become a little more normalized. So we're pretty impressed and we're pretty, um, really proud of a lot of the businesses in our community just really addressing the issue. Um, when it comes to our work with the cities, that is a very multi-step process because obviously there's a lot of conversation to be had, a lot of research to be done, and the nature of where we live. You know, we have so many cities in such a um, close-knit community. And so wanting to work with each city individually, um, we propose it to um, different city officials, um, whoever we can really get in contact with, um, directors of different departments, um, the mayors, different council members. Um, and we provide them with examples of other Illinois and Iowa cities and that have adopted uh, ordinance ordinances that are citywide um, to include, you know, smoke-free parks or tobacco-free um, laws that restrict e-cigarette use um, in the same places that smoking is currently restricted. And that's something that a lot of people don't think about is that realistically anyone can walk into your business anywhere in your city um, and just start vaping if that business doesn't have a policy in place or if the city doesn't have something in place already. And so we really encourage businesses and cities to have that conversation a little bit earlier and to try to support the initiatives that are being done to create a healthy environment for families, visitors, businesses, places like that. So, Yeah, I find it a little interesting. This morning I was doing working on another project and literally read, you know, it was Clinton who put in policy around stopping smoking in federal buildings. Right, exactly. That wasn't very long ago yeah. in yeah. the big scheme of things, right? Yeah. And we we're going to have to continually assess how products change mm -hmm. and how policy is going to need to change mm -hmm. related to that. Some products don't change. And in fairness, right? Yeah. Um, a cigarette is a cigarette, and and um, so on and so forth. But I wonder if we if we talk a little bit about that sustainability and what does the e cigarette inclusion ordinance include, and mm -hmm. and things of that nature to help those businesses understand that more. Yeah, I think with um, you know it's always so interesting when we provide the different definitions of. Um, okay, what does no smoking mean or tobacco products? And obviously different places, um, they have their own way of defining it or how they want to cover it. And obviously between Illinois and Iowa, there are different considerations as well. Um, and so it always seems like it's such a long list because you want it to be as comprehensive as possible. So you include the, um, you know, hookahs, the e-cigarettes, the vapes. And it's like, well, are vapes and e-cigarettes like the same thing? Like, how do you define that? And, and so we really just encourage, like, it's good to start somewhere. You know, as a city, it's good to, um, or as a business, to at least start somewhere. And once you have that, then you can add to it as different technology comes up, um, as new developments occur. And so it's always um, pretty interesting. And we work with the cities to determine, you know, what definition works for them. So let's pull in a little bit. You've got an example here, City yeah. of Silvis, Illinois, yeah. right? So I yeah. wonder if you want to share a little bit of that work of how how 
collaboratively, you were all able to put some things in place there. Yeah, so our work with the city ordinances was something that we had just started the conversation about in December, and we really wanted to be kind of ambitious and to start somewhere, and we weren't aware of any previous efforts that had been done to have that kind of conversation in the community on a citywide level. And so we kind of had a multi-step process that involved, okay, we already work that involve work that we do now, and then how can we take that and present it to the cities? And so that looked like starting with normalizing tobacco-free and nicotine-free nicotine spaces, having that conversation with businesses, with individuals, you know, getting ourselves back out there post-pandemic. You know, a lot of people weren't aware of different things that we did, and everyone's just trying to get back out into the community. And so <clears throat> with the city of Silvis, you know, we had had several conversations with different, um, you know, businesses. We had provided information on that, um, got to know some of the business leaders with some of the work that I did with compliance checks um, to make sure they had proper signage, things like that on the Illinois side. And then from there, we just uh, put together some data that we had gathered from other cities in Illinois that had uh, tobacco-free policies. Thankfully, IDPH, if anyone is curious about their city, IDPH has a great like portal where they can see, you know, what cities in the area have this kind of um, like policies in place and what does it include? How do they define it? So it's just a great resource. And so we were able to go through there, find some cities that were nearby, relatively close in size to most of the cities in the QC area. So there would be some level of relevance to us and our community. Um, and we just put that together. We highlighted areas where they defined, um, you know, smoking, what was different. And it was interesting to see how different places addressed it um, and things like that. And then we put it all together, got information from the American Lung Association, too, and our individual states, and uh, we proposed it to the city administrator, so we reached out to her, and she was so generous to give us some a day uh, and time to just chat and talk about it, to talk about the issue in our community, um, other conversations that we'd had, and she was just very interested in it. She was very, um, just really gracious and just generous with her time, and it was such a quick turnaround. We were really impressed at the city of Silvis just being interested in adopting this and having this conversation, addressing it sooner rather than later. And so they are actually going to be um, adopting formally the amendment to their current no smoking ordinance. Uh, this week is going to be, um, I think they are proposing it and then next week they're formally adopting it. Um, and so the city council was very on board and very supportive. And so we're really excited about that. And we're looking forward to hopefully other cities in the QC area um, also adopting something similar. And the city of Silvis also went so far as to restrict smoking in their parks, too, which a lot of cities from conversations we've had, you know, were like, how do you how do you like enforce that? How do you restrict it in parks? And it's like, well, it's happening. There's a lot of places that actually restrict smoking in parks now. So, you know, how do you want to do that in your city? And so it's just really impressive um, city of Silvis, and we're really proud of the work there, and we're looking forward to providing them resources and um, everything that they would need moving forward uh, for their businesses and community members. So we're really excited about that. That's awesome. And I think it's really important, too, for our listeners to show them how that is um, – pulled out or, or actually put into action. Sorry, mm -hmm. that's the word I'm looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And and what does that look like? No, we're not going out and having police officers go after people, yeah. you know, that are smoking and things of that nature, right? We're campaigning and educating and promoting health and wellness and yeah. buildings and, and parks yeah. and those sort of yeah. things will have those ordinance in place to remind people, 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I think that's really important because we understand that it's still a choice. Mm-hmm. And we understand that we have um, folks of different cultures who may have smoking as part of their culture and what have you, but we need to educate them. Yeah. And we need to include them in ways that are ways that they can make that positive choice for their own health and wellness, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that we, we didn't really talk about because we, we think everybody knows, but I know you know the answer. What are those key diseases that we see because of not only smoking individually, but that secondhand smoke? Mm-hmm. I think we need to also share that with our listeners. Krishna, you want to take that one on? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, with traditional cigarettes, um, you're going to see issues with lungs, heart health, um, and uh, brain development for sure. Um, we mostly, when we do these educational sessions, we really focus on um, those big three, but we also um, have started focusing more on oral health. Um, it can definitely affect uh, your teeth and your gums um, and uh, can cause many different types of cancers. Um, when we talk about e-cigarettes, we actually are seeing the same health issues come up. Um, and especially with young folks, um, brain development is super uh, is super important. And um, as we know, um, a person is not fully developed until they're 25. Um, I'm turning 25 later this month and I still have a long way to go. Um, so we definitely want to promote that um, focusing on development and uh, developing age groups um, is a really big issue um, when it comes to e-cigarette use. Um, but uh, with secondhand smoke, secondhand smoke is defined as um, when you're in a room with somebody or walking down the street and you inhale um, smoke, um, that's uh, defined as secondhand smoke. We're seeing the same thing with the aerosol that comes out of e-cigarettes. So secondhand aerosol is when you're walking down the street and you randomly smell blueberries or orange or you know anything like that. Um, um, that secondhand aerosol is from that flavored e-juice that's in that e-cigarette. So you're still going to see the second uh, the secondhand aerosol effects um, and the same effects that you do with secondhand smoke. Thank you. I, I think that's really important because, again, we all know that, but not everybody in our community mm-hmm. knows that. And I think the other piece is that people don't understand the connections between different diseases and how that is impactful on their overall health. You mentioned oral health, and that is definitely linked into cardiovascular disease and mental um, things like Alzheimer's, so on and so forth with the plaque buildup. So definitely impacts um, overall health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if you guys want to share a little bit um, more on the Illinois and Iowa side around the tobacco free work that you're doing and um, how to connect with you and how the resources available to folks and things of that nature. I'm going to let you lead that conversation, my friend. All right. So um, the first thing we want to point out on the Iowa side is um, if students want to get involved in this movement, um, you can start an I-STEP chapter at your school. Um, this would mean you would work with me directly and a couple of faculty members at your school. Um, we would get together um, and we would do activities together. These activities are focused around um, discussing more about how e-cigarette and uh, tobacco use affects your health along with your community. Um, so this gives students an opportunity not only to make a difference in their school, but also a difference in their community. I also have the opportunity to take those students with me to Des Moines um, so they can talk to some legislatures. Um, so again, this is just a leadership opportunity um, if students are interested, but that's been a really good way to sort of get the message out there and do more peer education as opposed to me coming in and just telling them, um, you know, all this, inform- in this information. Um, 
Another thing that we'll promote on the Iowa site is My Life, My Quit. Um, this is a free, confidential, 24-7 uh, resource um, for folks who would like a counselor um, in the process of, of helping quit um, e-cigarette or tobacco use. Um, this can be accessed at any time, as I said, um, and is uh, completely confidential, and you can use it on your phone. Um, so uh, you would get texts throughout the day, um, so it's a pretty uh, simple process. Um, another thing we promote is your life, Iowa. Same process, free confidential counseling service, um, and you're going to see the same thing with our Quitline resource as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the Illinois side, we have a lot of similar resources as well. Um, we definitely uh, are always like really um, impressed with the information and resources that you know the Truth Initiative has, the American Lung Association on their website. There's a couple different trainings and courses, and just a lot of really cool resources that they've put together um, for families, for educators, for schools. Um, also, the CDC they always have such interesting campaigns, and so um, always cool to go through there. They have a lot of really great testimonies and videos, and just really good resources there as well. Um, We also have the Illinois Tobacco Quit Line, um, which on the Illinois side has been really successful for a lot of people. Um, It is very, it's um, confidential and it is completely free to you uh, to use. And I believe it is the age of 13 or older. You can use it um, without parental consent, uh, completely confidential and it's completely free. Um, I also tell people that if they are interested in, you know, the uh, nicotine gum or lozenges or whatnot to help um, reduce their tobacco, um, like slowly and wean off of it. You know, the Illinois Tobacco Quit Line has just really great resources for them that are completely free as well. You can call the number and you'll get connected with a counselor. Also, the Illinois Tobacco Quit Line does have a referral program. And so if you are a healthcare facility or a school or anyone who would be in those conversations about tobacco use, um, you can actually become a referral partner. And in that, you can immediately refer your patients to the quit line and they'll get immediate help. And I know a lot of providers I've talked to have really appreciated that because they will ask, oh, do you use tobacco? It's like, yeah, okay, well, you should quit. So on to the next question. And so a lot of providers have really appreciated the opportunity to have a type of referral program so that they're able to say, oh, okay, well, you do use tobacco. Well, here is a resource. Um, And I know a lot of providers have just really appreciated that and schools as well. So, yeah. yeah. So I love all those resources. We'll have links to them at the end of the podcast for our listeners. And I think as well for me being a provider, I would also say also feel free to have a conversation with your provider because we do have resources at our fingertips mm-hmm. that may be able to help you and have those conversations with you. So I think that's that's the other piece. Yeah. Anything you want to add at the end here? Um, call your health departments um, if you're in the Quad City area, if you ever need help. Um, Faith and I are available for any events um, or any um, singular help that we can provide. Yeah, and we are always you know, brainstorming ways to creatively engage the community and um, we're just really thankful for the opportunity, and we are thankful for all of our you know, members and our community stakeholders that just get to encourage us and be a part of what we get to do. So, And if you're a young person listening, you can also reach out to your school nurse and mm-hmm. school counselor because they will also have these resources for you. Yeah. Thanks, ladies, for joining. Thanks Thank so you. much for having us. Audio production for the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast is provided by KALA-FM Studios in Davenport, Iowa. The show is engineered by Dave Baker. It is produced by Ann Garten, Director of the Institute for Person-Centered Care and Nursing Faculty at St. Ambrose University.